Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by the one and only Michael Cohen. We've got a lot to discuss, including the fact that Donald Trump is set to surrender this evening in a short period of time. In Fulton County, Georgia, we believe the time when he will be surrendering is at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. We will be covering that on the Midas Touch Brother podcast later. And I could announce Michael Cohen will be the fourth brother. It is official. We have adopted Michael Cohen into the Mycellus slash Cohen family. And Cohen will be joining us. Brett is away getting some needed rest and he's traveling so we got michael cohen instead of brett and michael cohen to have you here when the surrender takes place is going to be big and right before not it's gonna be huge huge (laughs) bigly ben it's gonna be bigly ben oh i I like that bigly ben yeah that, that that sounds good and right before this Bigly Ben event, Donald Trump ditches his lawyer, Drew Finling. Could have told Drew this one was coming his way. Drew refers to himself as the billion dollar lawyer. Now he is the shamed and humiliated lawyer of Fulton County. Well, that was an embarrassing experience. Can y'all lawyers just listen to Michael Cohen? He is war. Does he need to make a t shirt? Maybe we'll make a t shirt warning these lawyers Michael. you know what i want to do ben i don't know if you saw this on my instagram but i actually took salty if you could pull it up while i'm talking to ben it'd be great one or two of them i do mugshot number one and i give each and every one of these thugs these trump wannabe gangsters like rudy Kaludi giuliani i have uh what's his name john Go West Eastman. I mean, each and every one of them, I'm giving them like little nicknames onto it. I think we're up to number 11 uh, in terms of the indictment pictures. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to seeing Trump's mugshot. And then I think we need to put on political beatdown mugs, a mug shot of each and every one of these. You can get like your set of 18. I mean, who the fuck needs 18? But we should put their mug on each and every one of our mugs. I just think it's, I think it's so important. It's almost going to be something like historical. I want people to think about this. In 50 years from now, Ben, right? You're going to be sitting there. I mean, I won't be around because I would be 107 years old, but let's just say even in 20 years, right? And you have your grandkids running around and so on. And they say, hey, grandpa, what's this? And you say, oh, what's this? This is the time that we almost lost our democracy. This is the time that you were almost living not in a democracy, but you were living in, you were living in a dictatorship with Donald Trump as the, as the Fuhrer, the monarch, the dictator, the supreme leader, right? But political beatdown is something that I did with my buddy, Michael Cohen, who was at one point Trump's, you got to do a Google research and that should be your, you know, your school paper, your summer paper that you have to turn in. And you should turn it in with this mug because that mug will ultimately be like a collector's item. It'll be something like a trading card from Tops, right? 1970s. I mean, it's going to be something very interesting because history right now is it's in the making. We have never in the history of this country. Forget about having a president indicted once. Right. Other than, say, for example, Richard Nixon, who, you know, did the right thing for the country. We're not talking about a president indicted twice or three times, now four times and soon to be five, along with 18 co-defendants. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about a little gang going on here. And what was the purpose? The purpose is somewhere in between the book 1984 and The Handmaid's Tale, where they just completely destroy all your constitutional rights. They strip you of your First Amendment rights, and then they strip you of your right technically to your body, which is what they've already done. I mean, we are really on the precipice right now of losing our democracy. And watching Trump, even though I hate the fact that the media is making him out into like some 
superstar, rock star dignitary. He's not. He's a fucking petty criminal. He's a indicted defendant who's going in in order to defend himself before the Fulton County DA. All right. Um, it's just plain and simple why we have to carry, you know, on the television, you know, oh, Donald finished taking a shit and then Donald got into his truck and there's 10 people coming with him. And then you see him walking up the, you know, the plank in order to go to his 757 and he's in the air. Oh, he landed. And then he's escorted by police all the way to Fulton County Jail where he's going to be processed and surrendered. And so we're, we're giving him too much credit. Let's take the oxygen away from him. All right. That's the only way to get this guy to go away. Stop making him relevant, because in all fairness, other than to his 30 percent base, he's not. You know, and I think it is important how you cover these events. And to your point about this being a critical moment in American history, it's, of course, important where you stand and this time, this existential time in American history. And these podcasts, the time that we spend on these simulcasts with the beatdown brigaders, this is living history together. And we're all getting a front row seat with the biggest expert on Trump's pathology and his criminality. And you know that better than anybody else, Michael Cohen. And that's why, as I mentioned at the outset, with Drew Finling, Trump's most recent lawyer, uh, to leave in to leave the legal team right before Donald Trump is surrendering. It's like, Finling, what are you doing? I want to get to that in a moment. I want to talk about some other topics that we're going you know, to I'll be tell you, covering. Can I just say one thing, Ben? I'm a little disappointed. I really do wish that this was tomorrow because tomorrow is my birthday and there would have been no greater birthday gift to me than a mugshot Right. I would have gone. I would have taken that picture. I would have found someplace downtown Manhattan and I would have had a T-shirt made. Happy birthday, Michael, with a mugshot of Donald. By the way, the under over on the weight. That's the funniest thing. I had my son put twenty dollars uh, on the bet. I say so the the break even number right is below or above. 278.5 pounds. So my question to the brigaders, would you go with the bet of above 278.5 or below 278.5? I turn around and I say above. Now, I'm not sure if that's really fair anymore. Number one, I haven't seen him in person. And two, my understanding is that he's on that Ozempic or something like that. Uh, he's beginning to get like what's called Ozempic face. Right. So, uh, you know, maybe he is in that ballpark. So it will be a touch and go. But I'm still going with an above 278 and a half. Well, we will be covering all of those events live this evening on the Brothers no, he's podcast. Not, you think he's 300 plus? Uh, he's not 900 pounds. <laughs> no, he's not. I, but he could he could be around. He could be teetering around the three bills. Got to do that. I think well, we will be covering it at uh, seven thirty Eastern, four thirty Pacific. Um, other topics I want to make sure we hit today. Also, I want to talk about Mark Meadows, who surrendered earlier in the day. Mark Meadows, there is the mugshot right there. Well, didn't Mark she Meadows, show it tried, my mugshot one. Mark the moron Meadows. Man, Mark so Meadows tried to block having to surrender. He begged a federal judge for help. The federal judge did not help. Mark Meadows has an evidentiary hearing that is scheduled for next week, August 28th, about his removal to federal court. I want to talk in a little bit about Fawny Willis's brilliant motion, again, pointing out why there should not be federal jurisdiction and using Mark Meadows' words against him. Another update in the case in Fulton County that Judge Scott McAfee set a trial date of, get this, Cohen, October 23rd, 23rd. for one of the co-defendants, Ken Chesborough, and that may impact the other co-defendants as well, including Donald Trump. So what Ken well, Chesborough did? You see what did. Donald, did you see what Donald just did? Donald, yeah, Donald is, they just made a motion to sever the case uh, from Chesborough's uh, and Donald's because one thing for certain. He does not want an October 23rd date. There's a real problem with Trump on October 23rd. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, October 24th is when he has the civil trial by New York Attorney General Tish James. 
I think it starts uh, in, and I know for a fact it's October. I forget if it's the third. First, or the yeah, for, for first week, first week of October is jury selection in the New York Attorney. That case would definitely be going through yeah. October, and that, and that's also why though. You know, there's there's such disorganization amongst these co-defendants and Fulton County District Attorney Phony Willis. She wasn't just ready to file the indictment. She was ready for all of these permutations, including if one of the co-defendants like Ken Chesbro, one of Trump's former lawyers, declared ready. She's like, I'm ready to go. Also want to chat about the GOP debate. I want to talk about Trump and that Tucker interview, whatever the heck was that was and more. But let's start at the top, Cohen. We started talking a little bit about Donald Trump uh, surrendering uh, this evening, which we're going to cover live here at 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern with you as a co-host on the Brother uh, podcast. But he ditched his lawyer, Drew Finling. And I, I know Finling by reputation. I may have spoken to Finling a few times as well. I was surprised he took this. He's you know, a very he, competent lawyer. A very competent lawyer, probably a Biden guy, not a Trump guy from what I from what I know about him, represents a lot of hip hop artists, been able to handle the Cardi B's of the world and which is not easy, you know, not someone who's easy to represent. And, and he's done it with a lot of skill. But here at Donald Trump, he didn't even make it past what one almost not even two weeks past the indictment, you know, and, and you know, you see how Trump changes people. Like, I want to show you this clip of Finling. Um, and this was him as he was like doing the whole Trump lawyer shtick on TV. I think this is from Ari Melber. I'll play you this video. And, and you can almost see him suffering inside as he's there. Here, play this clip. You acknowledge that Donald Trump lost the Georgia Me? election? I, I'm, I am. That's a good, that's an easy one. Do you acknowledge that, attorney? Drew? No. No, I, I'm focused. Let me tell you what I'm focused on. I'm focused on being a criminal defense attorney and seeing yep. that my client is being swept up in what has, to me, been a ridiculous circus atmosphere, special purpose grand jury. No, and you, and you an made impact, that point, but not only but, in this but, case, not only in this case, but on other cases. You That's made my that point, focus, but do you, Ari. do you acknowledge? I'm not going to sit there. Do you acknowledge that he lost Ari, the you state can talk of Georgia? To other political people. Why don't even? Why would we even talk about that? Well, the reason you talk about that is because you're at MSNBC. I mean, you're on a political. For a, he went there for a purpose, knowing the topics that they were actually going to be asking. And now he wants to only speak. Listen, this is not Sean Hannity. This is not fucker Carlson turning around and asking the softball question. Hey, Donald, how do you feel? Well, uh, you know, I won the election. I, quite frankly, I won it, and it was a perfect call, and everything in my life is perfect, right? And then you get, you know, like Hannity, who sits there and telling him, no, Donald, you would not do that, would you? Well, you know, Sean, I, maybe I would. And No, 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 Donald, you wouldn't do that. I know for, I mean, that's not who Ari Melber is. They're not there in order to stroke your ass. They're there to ask you questions. And the question is, did Donald win or do you not acknowledge that Joe Biden won the election? Plain and simple. Why this guy can't give the answer, it's plain and simple. Because he knows that Trump lost and he knows that it was a lie. So he clearly can't say it because they're afraid that it could come back to be used against him. On top of that, I'll tell you the real reason why nobody wants to admit it. Because if you do, you immediately, and I mean within the snap of a finger, become an enemy of Donald Trump's. How fucking dare you go on television? Because Donald watches anybody that he's associated with. He watches on television anytime that they're going to be on. How could you turn around and say that I lost the election? Are you kidding me? And he would automatically fire you. I can't tell you the number of people I saw during my tenure when I was at the Trump org, and that was for real estate, get shit canned for saying the wrong thing in front of somebody else, not even on television. So imagine what it would be if it's nationwide, if it's, you know, if it's on actual television, Donald goes nuts for stuff like that. And that's exactly why this guy is playing the game that he's playing. You know, and then one of the things that Finling did is he entered into a consent order, negotiated it on Donald Trump's behalf, that Donald Trump shall not engage in any direct or indirect threats in either his posts 
reposting other people or other conduct, attacking, intimidating, again, the language was directly or indirectly, the community of Atlanta, witnesses, the judicial process, you know, there it is right there. And this was a consent order. And by consent order, I mean that Trump's lawyers on behalf of Trump consented to this. And Donald Trump has seemed to violate this each and every day. And that could be another explanation why Drew Finling left. Donald Trump last night was attacking Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis. He put out this video, which was a repost and attacking Atlanta of this guy, Burt Jones, who he likes to repost. And it says they're no longer just coming after Trump. Fawny Willis and her corrupt Atlanta cabal are coming after you and everyone else who disagrees with them. This is political persecution that we won't stand for. It's time to hold Fawny Willis accountable. There's another post he did with uh, Fawny Willis, Alvin Bragg, Letitia James, and Jack Smith, and it says fraud squad he puts over them. So, you know, it's constant posts like this over and over again. And so, I mean, look, Occam's razor, the most obvious explanation is he probably wasn't paying his bills. And right before the surrender, Drew Finling was like, OK, you have to pay me. That's probably why Drew's no longer there. But also, Drew's got to practice in that courthouse every single day before judges like Judge McAfee and others. And if you have a client who's constantly violating the consent bond order that you negotiated, you're not going to get those hip hop clients anymore in those rap. You're going to get laughed out of that courtroom, but he's gone. And then earlier in the day, Cohen, we got Mark Meadows surrendering, right? Mark Meadows thought that he's different than everyone else. Could you imagine the balls on this guy? Seriously? He filed, an in he filed for injunctive relief in federal court asking the federal judge, Judge Steve Jones, please, Judge Jones, you got to help me. I'm going to get arrested and I have an evidentiary hearing next week. Please, I don't want to do it. And Fawny Willis responded, shut up. You are treated like everybody else. I gave you two weeks to surrender. And until the federal court decides if there's federal jurisdiction, I'm not, federal courts can't tell me what to do. There's a little something called federalism, right, Mark Meadows? Aren't you the one out there who's saying states' rights, states' rights? What You don't like states' rights anymore when it's a Fulton County prosecutor? You only like states' rights when it's you trying to screw over people and use government to take away people's rights? Is, is, is that when you, you say states' rights? So uh, ultimately, Mark Meadows had to turn himself in. He had the mugshot taken and he was treated like no one else, no differently than anybody else. What'd you think about that, Cohen? But what it was what a set of balls on him. I should be treated differently than all the other 17 additional co-defendants, not including Donald, or we'll make it 18, including Donald. I should be treated differently because I was the chief of staff and what I was doing for Donald. What I was doing for the president of the United States of America, I should not be charged in a state case with. I mean, the logic behind it is idiotic to start with. And second of all, it just goes to show the arrogance, the fact that not one, I mean, the only one there that actually has some sense, maybe he listened to me, I hope he did, is this Uciel, uh, uh, what's his name? Tavares. Tavares. This is the only smart guy, the IT guy from Mar-a-Lago, or mar or we'll call it from now on Moron Lago. We could call it any one of the three, right? He's the only one who actually showed some, as my grandpa used to say, some seichel, some common sense. When he turned around, he said, you know, fuck this shit. I saw what happened to Michael Cohen. I saw when they ended up trying to plant a lawyer with him during the criminal part so that they could come back, report back to Rudy, report back to Donald, and so on. I'm not having it. And so he fires the Trump-appointed and paid-for lawyer, brings in some you know random lawyer who's a court-appointed attorney, because the guy doesn't have any money, and then all of a sudden, the guy turns around, and he's now a state, you know, he's a state's witness. And this guy, they're not bringing charges against him. This is the only guy who's showing some sense, yep. because... The funny thing is a lot of people have forgotten, not us here on the political beatdown, right? 
We don't forget with our brigaders, Rudy Colludi, drunken Giuliani, probably during one of his stupors, turned around and went crazy, holding up some papers and like, ah, there we go. There we go. Rudy Colludi, right? All of a sudden, he's holding up some documents and saying, I have an insurance policy. Do we remember that? When he starts saying that he has information, he has an insurance policy. In essence, he was kind of threatening Donald. And of course, it was on television and it was all over the place. Well, when he went to Mar-a-Lago, Bob Costello, the attorney, and they turned around, they said to him, it's probably in your best interest you know, to take care of Rudy. And I talked about this last night on CNN with Brianna Keeler who was uh, sitting in for Erin Burnett, I turned around and I said, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the reason that finally Donald figured, you know what, I better not throw him under the bus so fast, kind of like what they did with me. I better keep this guy somewhat in the camp. Now, in, again, I go right back to the same line. Interestingly enough, or sadly enough, He's not reaching into the pockets of his super PAC. He's not certainly reaching into his own personal funds, despite the fact I'm really, really rich, right? I, I'm worth at least $10 billion, right? He's not reaching into his own pocket to help out Rudy. In fact, what is he doing? At Bedminster, they're going to host a fundraiser, $100,000 a plate. All money goes to the Rudy Colludi Drunken Giuliani Legal Fund. Could you imagine? So he's not really doing anything. How many people do you think are going to show up in order to support Rudy Giuliani, that fucking idiot? Do we not remember with the shit flowing down the side of his head at the uh, Four Seasons landscape, you know, parking lot? Do we not remember that or all of the other misstatements and ridiculous lines of nonsense? Why Donald kept him on as long as he did? I have no idea. If this was going back years ago at the Trump organization and Rudy did anything similar to this, the first time he would have been out. Why Donald kept him around? Maybe because he was at one point in time respected. At one point in time, he was considered America's mayor. I mean, the guy did what he did for New York. Can't take that away from him. The guy did what he did during 9-11. Did good. I mean, by all accounts, he did good. Then somewhere along the line, something happened. And then time went on, and he became crazier and crazier. And it's probably his need, his desperate need for attention. And more important than that is money, because he's always been, you know, fiscally fucked up. Well, with the divorces, especially, now he's even worse off. Broke and going to go to prison. I mean, you know, it reminds me of like from Animal House. Remember when, um, when he turns and he says to, uh, he says to uh, what's it, John Belushi, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life? Well, Rudy, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Donald Trump is hosting the Marilardo slash Bedminster. I think it's a Bedminster, right? Car wash. I said slash Bedminster car wash for Rudy Giuliani or or, or the bake sale uh, for Rudy Giuliani's RICO criminal defense. And this is the modern day MAGA Republican Party. You mentioned Yusel Tavares, right? Tavares was at one point represented by Stan Woodward, a lawyer paid for by Donald Trump's political action organizations. Stan Woodward at the same time has been representing Donald Trump's other co-defendant, mm -hmm. Waltine Nauta. And early in March of 2023, when Tavares went before the grand jury in Washington, D.C., and the Trump PAC paid for lawyer, Stan Woodward, was representing Tavares, Cohen Tavares lied before the grand jury, said he knew nothing about and classified documents, didn't and do they anything. all lied. That's and why Tavares is so relevant. That's why he is going to be the ultimate nail in Donald and a whole group of other co-defendants um, cases because they all lied. And he is the guy who's now telling them and showing them the proof of the lie of all of them. No yep. matter what's going to happen with everything else, they will all be charged additionally, my opinion, with a thousand and one violation lying to law enforcement. And that's the easiest case to prove, especially when you have someone like Tavares.
And here's the thing, though, that Jack Smith did to kind of wake Tavares up, sent Tavares a target letter after bringing the first indictment back in June against Donald Trump and Walt Nauta, then told Tavares, you're next. But then what Jack Smith did very brilliantly in the Washington, D.C. grand jury before the chief judge, Jeb Boesberg, said, hey, judge, we need to hold what's called a Garcia hearing so you can instruct Yusel Tavares about the potential conflicts that exist now that he's received a target letter and the fact that his lawyer, Stan Woodward, was representing the co-defendant, a defendant in the action, Walt T. Nauta. So Jeb Boesberg held a hearing on or around July 5th and Yusel Tavares clicked. He goes, I see what's going on. The lawyer paid for by Donald Trump is screwing me, the IT worker, to save Donald Trump's ass. Ah, he got it. And then he went to the federal public defender and then went to Jack Smith and said, I'm willing to tell you I lied back in March of 2023. Donald Trump, Waltine Nauta, Carlos de Oliveira, all represented by Trump appointed PAC Mm -hmm. lawyers. They came to me and they said to me, Yusel, we need you to destroy the surveillance footage. Do you know how to do it? And that's when Yusel Tavares explained what went down. Cohen, I want to talk, I, I talked about this earlier, but I want to really get into it about how brilliant Fulton County District Attorney Phony Willis' response to Mark Meadows' removal papers are. So Mark Meadows is trying to get this case in federal court. He has to do three things to prove that in a criminal federal removal. He has to prove that he is a federal officer, that he was acting under color of federal law, which is two, and that he has a credible or viable federal defense or defenses. He has to satisfy those three elements. The evidentiary hearing is set for next week on August 28th. Meadows wanted the court to intervene before the evidentiary hearing. That's when the court said, no, you got to get your mugshot taken. But Fawny Willis um, responded with a forceful um, opposition to this Mm -hmm. removal and used Meadows' words against him and said, Meadows is such a criminal that he's even forgotten what a chief of staff does. And she goes, just look at Meadows' motion to dismiss and his paperwork judge that he filed. He's arguing that he's engaged in political activity, judge. That's a violation of the Hatch Act. He's admitting to you in his paperwork that he wasn't acting as a chief of staff, that he was violating federal law. Here's what she says in the motion. Cohen, you're going to love this. Fonnie Willis goes, the defendant is the former chief of staff to the president of the United States and his lack of care for the lawful scope of his official duties is a matter of record. Federal law prohibits employees of the executive branch from engaging in political activity in the course of their work. The law in question, known as the Hatch Act, bars a federal employee from, quote, using his official authority or influence for the purpose of interfering with or affecting the result of an election. On November 9, 2021, the Office of Special Counsel issued an investigative report finding that prior to Election Day during Donald J. Trump's campaign for the presidency in 2020, the defendant and at least a dozen other Trump administration officials did precisely that. This is from the report by the special counsel's office. And while the specific while the specific facts of each case are different, they share this fundamental commonality. Senior Trump administration officials chose to use their official authority, not for legitimate functions of the government, but to promote the re-election of President Trump in violation of the law. The report concluded that, quote, from OSC's perspective, the administration's attitude towards Hatch Act compliance was succinctly captured by then Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, who said during an interview that, quote, nobody outside the Beltway 
way, really cares about Trump administration officials violating the Hatch Act. It is therefore unsurprising that the defendant, Mark Meadows, now petitions this court to remove the prosecution of his pending criminal case in which he stands accused of participating in a criminal enterprise that conspired to overturn Georgia's 2020 election in favor of Mr. Trump, invoking his status as a former federal official. The defendant's indictment in this case results directly from his disregard for the lawful scope of his official duties, a disregard which now forms the basis of his notice of removal. Indeed, the defendant has now expressly stated in his removal papers that all of his relevant conduct was impermissible political activity. Meadows' lawyer argues that he was engaged in political activity and says that's the reason for removal. And she goes, that's a violation of the Hatch Act. And guess what, Mark Meadows? When you said, who cares outside the beltway about that pesky federal law called the Hatch Act, federal judges like the one you just tried to remove the case to for federal <laughs> jurisdiction, Cohen. Ben, you know what this reminds me of? There's a television show that used to be on called Key and Peel. You know, these two comedians. And there's one scene where um, where Peel is uh, a defendant in a courtroom. And, you know, the charge against him is that he robbed um, somebody else at gunpoint. And he says, Your Honor, this is a lie. I never robbed anybody. I don't need to rob anybody. I'm really, really rich. I'm a drug dealer. That's exactly what's going on here. I mean, in their own papers, they are acknowledging that they broke a different law. I mean, again, this is just a clown show. And I don't, sometimes you have to think, are they doing this on purpose? Can they all really be this stupid? Can they turn around and can they all be so fucking delusional that they can get away with saying something like, Your Honor, why would I rob a guy of $100? I'm a drug dealer pulling down tens of thousands. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, does it? I mean, that's true. It's a true fact. It wouldn't make any sense, nor does it make sense here that you could commit a crime and say that I didn't commit the crime, even though you're saying that pursuant to the law, you are. I mean, again, it's head scratching. That's like the word of the day. It's head scratching because I don't know whether I would say it's arrogance. I don't know whether I would say it's narcissism. I don't know if I would say it's stupidity. It's a lot of things. And it seems that Mark Meadows somehow being shoulder to shoulder with Donald, a lot of the stupidity is really rubbed off on him. Got a lot to talk about here on Political Beatdown. I want to talk about the GOP debate that Donald Trump was too cowardly to show up to. What in the world was that debate? And what in the world was this Trump and Tucker Carlson interview? They were talking about Jeffrey Epstein and President Biden at the beach and Biden having skinny legs. This was some of the weirdest stuff, Cohen, <sighs> and, danger, and dangerous stuff that I've seen. I want to remind everybody as a programming note, the Brothers podcast will now be be at 7.30 Eastern so we can cover Trump's surrender live. Michael Cohen, we are fortunate to have as the uh, a third brother who is going to be on the show with, or the fourth brother. Brett's not going to be joining us. Cohen will be filling in for Brett. Jordy will, of course, be there. I will be there. And Cohen and I have big news to announce as well, which is that Cohen and I will very shortly be starting a political beatdown Patreon channel. So stay tuned for those details where we will be doing after shows to the political beatdown and finding new ways to engage with all the beatdown brigaders because we have that Patreon account for Midas Touch at patreon.com slash Midas Touch where we do the after show there and people love the after show there. So Cohen and I were like, what can we do to help build the community more? We're going to create that uh, Patreon and also really bad. You know, when we start seeing all the comments, I mean, the comments go so fast fast. I mean, first of all, I totally agree with so many of you. I believe Donald's about six, one and a half, possibly coming close to six, two, but he's definitely close to the three bill number. So we're all on the same, but you don't get a chance to interact the way that, you know, we would like to, and that's the benefit that Patreon will be able to give. So we'll all be able to interact and, you know, laugh, um, cry about some of this stuff, uh, and at least continue to engage in normal discourse, you know, a normal conversation regarding the issues that are right now plaguing our country. Uh, I mean, you know, I can't wait till we get back to the conversation on the debates because, I mean, 
I don't even know what you would call that. I mean, they, it was. I, I'll, was pause, it? I'll, pause, I'll pause you right there. I want to get your take, but let's take our first quick break and last quick break of the show. Moink, what if you could support small family farmers and reduce your environmental imprint all while enjoying the highest quality meat on earth? When you join the Moink movement, you can. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did and as a result moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better and the moink difference is a difference you can taste unlike the supermarket moink gives you total control over the quality and source of your food you choose the meat delivered in every box like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets and so much more plus you can cancel at any time moink is helping save rural america i love it and you will too join the moink movement today shark tank host kevin o'leary called moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted and Ring doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Plus, they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got Moinked. I know I do, and you will too. Moink is a truly incredible and delicious, delicious, delicious delicious stuff. Keep American Farm going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash beatdown, B-A-T-D-O-W-N right now. And listeners of this show will get a free ground beef for a year. That's one year of the best ground beef you'll ever taste, but it's just for a limited time. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash beatdown. That's moinkbox.com slash beatdown. Welcome back. We're live. Political beatdown. Moink. Michael Cohen. You know, it's funny. You, know, you got you got moinked very soon. Meadows and Giuliani and the rest of them, they're going to get boinked. I can tell you that one. You know, what they don't understand, how stupid they all are. How many times do I have to stand on a rooftop and scream? And I'm doing it with bullhorns. I'm doing it with megaphones. I'm doing it with political beatdown. You know, I'm doing it everywhere that I can, trying to open up these people's eyes and trying to open up their ears so that they see me, that they hear me, and that they understand. And I'm going to say it again. Donald Trump doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything other than himself. These 18 individuals will all end up seeing jail time. It's going to be one big giant fuck up, right, where they're all going to say to themselves, you know, what the hell did I do? I know that feeling every day that I woke up in my cubicle, every day that I put my head down to go to sleep in that cubicle. I'm saying to myself, what the fuck am I doing here? Why am I here? Right. What what did I what did I do? I what I did, I did it the direction of and for the benefit of Donald J. Trump and in coordination with him. This fat fuck should be, you know, in the same cubicle as me, at least with at least the same as me. You know, the rest of that shit, if you read Revenge, you'll know it's all a fucking lie anyway. Right. That the prosecutors do. And they right now, if you watch the television, if you watch whether it's Foxy and Animus, MC, doesn't make a difference. What you hear is all of these defendants now saying the same thing they're violating my first amendment right they're weaponizing the justice department no no that's the that's my story all right that's what donald trump rudy giuliani mark meadows bill barr the department of justice this uh the the judge in my case william h paulie the third you know thomas mckay from uh the southern nick roos from the southern district andrea griswold from the southern district all of them, they all conspired within which to deprive me of my First Amendment rights because I was going to publish the first book, which I did, called Disloyal. This whole thing is out of control. They're not being weaponized against and being charged for, for crimes that they 
did not commit. They committed them. In fact, there are documents to prove it. I'd like to see what any one of them would do if, if faced with you have 48 hours to plead guilty over the course of a weekend over filing an 80-page indictment that includes your wife or your spouse. I'd like to see what any one of them would do because my family, my wife, is certainly my Achilles heel. There's not a chance in the world I was going to put her in jeopardy when you have the government, especially a brutal group of people, coming after you. Not a chance I was going to let it happen. So I said, fuck it. Okay, maybe the judge would see differently, but he didn't. They're all using what they did to me to try to exonerate themselves, and that burns my gut. I want to move on and talk about, and, and by the way, I'll, I'll mention this about you, Cohen, getting to know you and knowing how important family is to you and how friendship is so important to you and what you do for friends and, and having you as a friend of mine, I, I can tell everybody out there that, you know, you're one of the most caring, compassionate and thoughtful people that, that I know. And to see if away from this whole Trump world is something that, uh, you know, it allows all of us to see you for, for who you really are. And so I just wanted to, I wanted to mention that before just kind of doing an abrupt move on to the next topic. But I want to show you now, this is what Donald Trump was doing while the Republican debate was taking place. And Trump was, in his mind, counter-programming yeah. the Republican debate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here's what Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson were talking about. And as you watch this, I know everybody knows this, but you have to you have to talk about it like this so we don't normalize this behavior. Currently, this is the leader of the Republican Party. Frankly, the two leaders, the TV propaganda leader and Tucker Carlson and their fearer and leader of the political party, Donald Trump. He runs the show. He's what it means to be a MAGA Republican, to be a Republican today. And this is what they're talking about. So in the first one, I'll, I'll, I'll just have you, I'll just have them play it, which is um, talking about things like uh, Jeffrey Epstein conspiracies. Play this clip. Do you, do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? I don't know. I, I will say that, you know, he was a fixture in Palm Beach. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Barr said about it either. I have no idea what he said. What did he say? He killed himself, probably? He said Does he killed mean? himself and that they were going to do this investigation. They never did the investigation. It's never been yeah. public. Well, and they hid it. And like, why are they doing that? He and clearly Barr knew. But why would Bill Barr be covering up the death of Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, Bill Barr didn't do an investigation on the election fraud either, okay? He said he did, and he pretended he did, but he didn't. Uh, uh, McSwain, the U.S. attorney in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, uh, said Barr, uh, Barr just wouldn't let him do it. It was crazy. Before having you comment, Cohen, I want to show you the next one, too, because Donald Trump's response about Jeffrey Epstein is not, this is a disgusting it's a, criminal. It's a deflection. He, he goes, it's a fiction. It nothing it's nothing shy of a deflection because there are all the videos and all the photos of Donald Trump with Jeffrey Epstein. There is no doubt in my mind that Jeffrey Epstein took his life. All right. Um, there's not an inmate that I know, myself included, that it doesn't go through your mind more than once. It is the worst fucking experience that anybody could possibly imagine, especially couple that with the fact I shouldn't have been there in the first place. All right. Um, I mean, it's just uh, the disproportionate sentencing against me was ridiculous. I got a phone call not too long ago from Jeffrey Epstein's brother who asked me if I would, through my company called Crisis X, if I would um, do an investigation into how his brother died and all of the exigent circumstances, the weird stuff that went on. And I told him no. I said, first of all, Jeffrey had no children Parents are both gone. You're the only heir. There's no money left. And if there is any money, it's going to go to the survivors that he screwed over. And I mean that literally. All right. And so I said, I have no interest in having my name affiliated with the likes of the last name Epstein. I will tell you this, though. A lot of people don't know this, but, you know, Jeffrey Epstein worked at a school, a private school here called Dalton in Manhattan. And you know who the headmaster that hired Jeffrey Epstein was? Bill Barr's father. He was the headmaster of Dalton. So is there a reason potentially why Bill Barr didn't investigate into Jeffrey Epstein? Of course there is. 
Do we know what it is for sure? No. Do I despise Bill Barr? Fuck yeah. Bill Barr, along with Donald Trump, along with others, were the ones responsible for an unconstitutional remand of a United States citizen. Me, making me the first political prisoner in this country to be remanded back to prison because I wouldn't waive my First Amendment rights. And then I listened to Rudy Colludi, drunken jerk off Giuliani. And he's sitting there and he's talking about rights. He's talking about the weaponization. He's talking about how that they're infringing upon his constitutional right. Really, you piece of shit. By the way, where are all the fucking Democrats? Where are all the fucking Republicans? Where is everybody out there? Now, I shouldn't say that about Democrats. There's, a, there's quite a few that have tried to open up investigations with the IG, with the DOJ and so on. Every one of them has failed. You know why? Because they will never allow me to get a hold of any of the documents regarding my case. They fight us tooth and nail across the board. They will never because it will show the corruption that took place in the DOJ under this Trump administration. Why Biden's administration doesn't want to do it? Again, I have no clue, but it is despicable. And I beseech everybody, just go buy the book Revenge. I think it's like $16 now. I want people to know the truth in that way. It's not that you're taking it just from me because everything is backed up with facts and documents and statements by people that know the truth. And I want people to know the truth in that way. When others turn and say, oh, Cohen, yeah, he's a liar. Oh, he, you know, they think that that's going to stop me if I choose to run for Congress. I don't think so. And you know what? Since we're, you know, we're getting to that point in time, somebody has to get the two finger salute. And again, it's got to be Bill Barr. Bill Barr is a piece of shit, and not because he's not doing Donald's bidding anymore and so on, because that piece of shit has in his fat fucking head, he's got all the information that could bury Donald Trump, but the problem is it implicates him as well. And the fact that he's ballless, he's gutless, he's just soulless, and that he refuses to come clean and to say what Donald told him to do and what he did. And I know that's what Bill Barr did because that's what I would have done when I was working for the Mango Mussolini. I would have done what he told me to do, no different than Stormy Daniels. I would have done it. And that's what Bill Barr did. So, Bill, fuck you, you fucking scumbag and a half, you dirty piece of shit. And when democracy falls, I truly hope right after Donald coming after me, I hope he fucking comes after you. Next, we've got the uh, part of the interview here is Tucker Carlson um, trying to get Donald Trump to say that he wants a civil war. And you'll see how Donald Trump responds. So when it comes to Jeffrey Epstein, the first word that comes to Donald Trump's mind is Epstein was a fixture in Florida. And when it comes to the January 6th insurrectionist and that day, Take a listen to the words and ways he describes it. He says, the day was interesting. These people came with love and hope. Play the clip. Do you think we're moving towards civil war? There's tremendous passion and there's tremendous love. Uh, you know, January 6th was a very interesting day because they don't report it properly. Uh, I believe it was the largest crowd I've ever spoken before. And you know some of the crowds I've spoken before. And uh, like July 4th on the mall, uh, I think they had a million people there. Uh, but I think that the biggest crowd I've ever spoken before was on January 6th. And people that were in that crowd, a very, very small group of people. And we said patriotically and peacefully, peacefully and patriotically, right? Nobody ever says that. Go peacefully and patriotically. But people that were in that crowd that day, very small group of people, went down there and then you there are a lot of a lot of scenarios that we can talk about but people in that crowd said it was the most beautiful day they've ever experienced there was love in that crowd. there was love and unity i have never seen such spirit and such passion and such love and i've also never seen simultaneously and from the same people such hatred of what they've done to our country so do you think it's possible that there's open conflict? We seem to be moving I, I towards don't know. something. I don't know, because I don't know what it, you know, I, I can say this. Uh, there's a level of passion that I've never seen. There's a level of hatred that I've never seen. And that's probably a bad combination. 
Donald Trump, thank you. Thank you very much. Very much. Thank you. Sounds like stand back and stand by to me. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you. It's exactly what he's doing. He's, you know, there was love. Love. Where did you see love as they were smashing the windows? You know, what bothers me and something that's not discussed enough, the windows belong to you, me, brigaders. It belongs to all Americans. The Congress is called the People's House. But Donald doesn't know that. He doesn't care about that. And he doesn't care about it because they were doing it in his honor. They were his mega army. They were his paramilitary fighting, fighting to keep this man in power because he lost a free and fair election. Do you realize that all of this stuff that's going on today, we're not talking about climate change. We're not talking about Hawaii. We're not talking about California floods. We're not talking about the migrants. We're not talking about immigration. We're not talking about fentanyl and the drugs that are pouring into the country. We're not talking about any of these issues, homelessness, mental health, gun violence, anti-Semitism, racism. We're not talking about any of this. What are we talking about? Donald Trump's shitty 757, you know, airplane? That it's another indictment of him where he has to get his fingerprints and now we're going to know how fat he is and how tall he is and so on. Who gives a shit? I don't give a shit about Donald. I really don't. I care about this country. I care about being able to, when I know that I'm leaving this earth, I want to know that I'm leaving an earth and a country, a democracy to my children and God willing, my grandchildren or great-grandchildren. I'm leaving to them a country, a land, an earth in better shape than when I inhabited it. Isn't that what we all want for our family, for our future generations? The hell is wrong with these people? Instead, they're bogged down with bullshit. Oh my God, this, that, this, that. Who cares about any of them? Piss off. It's enough already. Don't we have more important things to worry about than Donald Trump? But we really can't because if we let our guard down, and I'm not saying for a second, brigaders, we let our guard down, not for a second. And that's why I say in every single episode, vote blue. Make sure you tell all your friends. Make sure they're registered. Make sure somebody will get them to the polls. Because if we don't have a blue wave, and I don't mean just a wave, I mean a tsunami over this red puddle of garbage, we could potentially see Donald Trump as 47th president of the United States of America. And then we are all doomed. I mean, this not only is this country doomed, Earth is doomed. And I don't want to leave that. I don't want to leave that as, as a legacy to our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. No. And we will fight together. We will fight every single day. We will make sure our voices are heard loud and freaking crystal clear all the way to Washington. We will make sure our voices are heard so that they understand Bullshit. We are not going to sit back and allow this guy to take over this country so that he could profit from it. I mean, hasn't his family profited enough? Hasn't Jared and Ivanka or Javanka, haven't they taken over two plus billion dollars from the Saudis? Fucking assholes just bought a $60 million home in Miami. Really? Who's crying for them? While they sit there and they violate people's constitutional rights like mine? I don't want it to ever happen to anyone else, which is why I wrote Revenge, which is why I fight every single day, why I want the story to be out there. Because I don't ever want to see this happen to anybody else. Not a Republican, not a Democrat, not an independent. No one. What they did to me should never have happened. And it should never, ever, ever happen again. And someone you has to stand up. You, you, you mentioned issues, climate change, for example. And let's pivot now and just talk briefly about the mess of a debate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the first GOP debate that Donald Trump didn't show up at. You had eight people who are not Donald Trump there who are running for uh, the, uh, the, the, the presidential nomination there. And they were asked to raise their hand if they believed in human made climate change, if climate change was real and caused in part even by human beings and not a single person on that stage raised their hand. Watch what happens. 
do you believe in human behavior is causing climate change? Raise your hand if you do. Look, look we're not school children. Let's have the debate. I mean, I'm happy to take it to start. <laughs> Alexander, so do you want to raise your hand or not? I don't think that's yeah. the way to do. So let me just say to Alexander this. First of all, one of the reasons our country. Yeah, they act like that's some offensive question for them to have to answer. Now, ask directly at the debate if they'd still support Donald Trump if he was convicted of a felony in any of these cases. Six out of the eight Republican presidential candidates raised their hand and said they would still support him if convicted of a felony. Play this clip. But we are going to take a brief moment and talk about the elephant not in the room. in four different states on 91 counts. He will be processed tomorrow in Georgia at the Fulton County Jail for charges relating to the 2020 election loss. You all signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. Six of eight raise their hands and the MAGA Republicans in the audience who are cult members uh, cheer that on. Yeah, he overthrowed our democracy. If he's convicted of a felony for engaging in violations of the Espionage, Espionage Act, trying to overthrow our democracy, engaging in a racketeering scheme to try to overthrow the results in Georgia. And by the way, they're still clapping for him after a federal jury has found him liable as a sexual abuser of E. Jean Carroll, which the federal judge says, even though it doesn't meet the technical legal definition under New York, but that Donald Trump engaged in a rape in the common sense understanding of how that word is used in rejecting Donald Trump's request for a new trial. That is who the Republican Party has become, devoid of decency, devoid of compassion, a total cult. And I could show you a hundred other clips from the debate, but that's who they are. You get the point. You know, it's funny. There was one there was one section last night that truly angered me. It's this guy, Vivek Ramaswamy. You know, a lot of people don't know anything about him, right? This 38-year-old, allegedly entrepreneur, tech guy. That's not, from what I understand, where he made his money. Where he made his money is really nothing shy of what I would have called a pump-and-dump scheme. I mean, he ended up going to Smith Klein Glaxo. He got a drug, which was allegedly for Alzheimer's. Um, it was four-time failed FDA, uh, and so it was sitting on the shelves. He buys it. He gets some doctors to change. It's almost like a like a, a mini, um, you know, Sackler type of thing where they change some information. They take out certain individuals that had negative effects or left the study early. Then they go ahead. They raised billions of dollars, I think, in terms of this way I read it. Um, he then ended up selling the stock. Two days before, I mean, you know the old expression, right? You can't turn shit into gold. It failed four times under Smith Klein Glaxo, a billion dollar massive pharma company. I mean, he was brand new at this thing. And all of a sudden, they now claim that it's going to work. It's, of course, it's not going to work. It failed four times. He ends up buying it, renaming it the whole bit. And then he sells his stock like two days before the company files for bankruptcy pulls down a couple hundred mil. I don't know. That doesn't to me make him a genius. And then I don't know if Salty has the clip, but he made a comment about the Revolutionary War uh, was was based on and predicated on the Constitution. And that's why America is America the way it is. And that problem is that as a country, we're really uneducated because we're too busy about being woke. And the problem with Republicans is they take a pot and they throw everything into it, rocks, sand, lobster, filet mignon, right, uh, chicken gizzard. They throw it at the, you know, roadkill. They throw it all into a pot and they think that they're going to make some sort of bula base that everybody would want to eat. And that's just inaccurate. So, for example, I mean, because the guy the guy claims that he's like some sort of a rocket scientist, a genius and so on. What he doesn't seem to understand is actual facts. So 
for example, the Revolutionary War took place from 1775 to 1783, right? Now, the um, Constitutional Convention occurred in 1787. So he's got this all backwards. But then again, the point I'm trying to make, facts don't matter to them. All that matters is that they hear this from the crowd and they'll say anything that they can. I mean, the one thing I respect Chris Christie for, he doesn't give a shit. He really, he's very similar in that way to Donald. He doesn't care what people think about him. He doesn't care what people say about him. He will stand his own principle. And he did that last night. You know, now he wasn't the only one. I thought Asa Hutchinson, you know, did that as well. And, you know, but when you see the pandering of like this Ramaswamy, I hope everybody sees exactly what he's doing. He's doing what Jim Jordan did. He's doing what Mark Meadows did. He's doing what Jim Bag Jordan did and Marjorie Toilet Green and Lauren Hobart and all of them. He's sucking up to Donald. My belief and many people's belief is that he's looking to be considered for vice presidential nomination. That's what he really wants, all right? And it's absolutely crazy. He wants the notoriety, he wants the power. What he doesn't seem to understand, you know, he's um, of Hindu background, despite the fact, I think he grew up here in New York uh, and went to a Catholic school, uh, a very prestigious uh, private uh, Catholic school. What he doesn't understand is Donald would never even let him work on the 26th floor because he's of color right? Because he's Indian. He could work on somebody else's floor. That Donald didn't give a shit, but not on his floor. So the guy who he wants to be vice president to, the guy whose ass he's kissing is the guy that wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire across the street. And all Donald had to do was walk over there to save his life. That's how stupid Ramaswamy is. And the fact that this guy wants to be president of the United States, it's almost as a bigger joke as when Avenatti wanted to be president. You know, after we end our show, I would tell everybody who is watching right now live, and we're one of the most watched shows in the world on YouTube, we just dropped a video on Midas Touch Network where I interviewed Bill Crystal, former Republican leader, like no one defined what it meant to be a Republican like Bill Crystal. And, you know, Bill Crystal started the Weekly Standard. He was the editor at large. He was Dan Quayle's chief of staff. He worked for Reagan and George H.W. Bush. And he left the Republican Party like so many people because of Donald Trump. And we do this 15 minute interview together and it's posted right now on the Midas Touch YouTube channel. After we shut down, I want everybody to go and check that out. You know, ben, and he, ben, I've been I've had Bill uh, on mea culpa, but I also now have somebody very similar. And I would uh, recommend that you speak to him, too, because I'm sure your listeners will be intrigued. It's Joe Walsh, uh, another Republican. Great guy, another guy who's a former Republican, still a Republican, but not part of the party. He refuses to bow down to Donald Trump and this cult inside the Republican Party. And he's actually angry at his you know, former Republican members yeah. of Congress. He was a member of Congress himself at once. Uh, he's angry at them for allowing Donald to run roughshod over him. That's I'd why my network is number one. I'm telling you, it's why that we will continue to be number one political beatdown, doing great thanks to all of you, our brigaders, in everything that we ask for your help. Every, you know, whether it's even just joining us for these, you know, hour plus uh, little snippets and so on. Uh, important. We need the blue tsunami, and together we're going to do it. I'll leave you with this incredible story from yesterday. So my younger brother, Brett, co-founder of Midas Touch, was in an Uber and the driver recognized the last name. And he says, I watch Political Beatdown. I watch your brother, Ben. And Brett started asking more questions. And it turns out that the driver actually voted for Donald Trump in 2016, um, didn't in 2020. Um, but you know, was, you know, was, was hopeful that there could be something different in 2016 and then recognized, whoa, this is not normal. This is not compassionate. This is very dangerous. This is fascist. I just don't think the polls right now 
fully understand that there has been a paradigm shift. We understand it here at the Midas Dutch Network, but the polls haven't grasped that these labels of liberal, progressive versus conservative. This is why I wanted to do this interview with Bill Kristol. Those labels don't make sense anymore, and people are craving competence, normalcy, compassion, and being unapologetically pro-democracy. And these are values that are only embodied in one political party today, and it's the <laughs> Democratic Party. And I may disagree with Democrats on certain issues. I may disagree with President Biden, but I know they embody those core values that are very, very, very important. And you know, also at its core, making sure women can control their own bodies, supporting equality. And so we talk it's about so, the country. It's so nuts. How about the old saying, you be you and let me be me. And what a great country this would be. What great world it would be. Ben, you may, you may like vanilla ice cream. I like chocolate ice cream. Okay, knock yourself out. Eat a gallon. I don't care. It's none of my business what flavor you like. Just don't turn around and tell me that no chocolate ice cream should be sold because you like vanilla. That's how simple this problem really is. And that's what we try to do on Political Beatdown. We try to simplify what's the crazy that's going on, interpreting the insanity, the stupidity, the narcissistic sociopathy of Donald Trump and the cult. That's all that we do. And so thank you all for joining us from the bottom of our hearts. I mean, you know, you really, you, you, you make me want to see Tuesdays and Thursdays. Michael Cohen, I'll see you in about two hours here as we go live on the Brother Podcast at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. We'll be covering live Donald Trump's surrender. We'll get Michael Cohen's live reaction as soon as that goes down. If you want to help support Michael Cohen's Legal Defense Fund in connection with the $500 million federal lawsuit that Donald Trump filed against him, there it is right there on the bottom the firewallfund.com and there's a link in the description where you can contribute. Michael Cohen has a deposition of Donald Trump that is September set in 6th. about two weeks and we will give you all the information about that deposition and whether Trump attends and what goes <laughs> down there. So thank you all for your support. Make sure you check out Michael Cohen's book, Revenge, wherever books and audio books are sold. It is essential, essential reading. Also, check out Michael Cohen's podcast, Maya Culpa, also here on the Midas Touch Network. We have the videos over the weekend that are on Saturday mornings, and you could just download it wherever audio podcasts are available. And please subscribe not just to our YouTube channel here on the Midas Touch Network, but subscribe to the Political Beatdown audio podcast. It really helps us out. It helps out with the algorithm. And if you do that, it really goes a long way to make sure that the show continues to grow and rise. Thank you to all of our YouTube members. You did that by clicking that dollar sign below and becoming a member of our YouTube channel. Thank you for all of our Patreon members. That's patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Cohen and I will announce when we have our beatdown Patreon up, hopefully in the next week or so. We'll give you that break news when that hits and we will see you soon here on the Midas Touch Network. Now everybody just go check out on YouTube the interview that I did with Bill Crystal. Leave comments after you watch it. I think it's a powerful and important interview. Check that out right now. Brigaders, thank you so, so much. Cohen and I are so grateful for you all. We're so grateful to be a part of this compassionate, intelligent, pro-democracy community that you all created. We'll see you next time on Political Beatdown. Shout out to the Midas Mighty.